If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Hello, my gorgeous little wagon wheels. Welcome to episode two of the Chatting with Chorley podcast, hosted by me, Diane Chorley, owner of Canvey Island's most infamous 1980s nightclub, The Flick. I'm downloading this cop part of the Millet recording studio in Canvey Island with my musical munchkin, Milky. Milky, can you get your bleeding finger out of that Victoria sponge? But I have to tell you again, take a slice. Don't massage it, it's a cake, not a muscle. Anyway, I'm so fresh out of prison, I can still taste the plastic cutlery. My agent Hazel's been banging on at me that everyone's forgotten who I am. She's saying Jane McDonald's erased me from history. I need to take her down. So I'm here to resurrect the Duchess. So each week, I'm bringing you a brand new podcast where I talk to a fellow celebrity about our glamorous, gorgeous lifestyles and I introduce them to a song from a new album, Diane Chorley, Greatest Hits, Volume 1. Then I tell you a beautiful story about my life, why I wrote that song, and would you believe and believe it, you can download that song as soon as this podcast finishes. As soon as I breathe my last breath, you can go onto that apple and pear on that spotty flop. You can download it in Chicka Set Player and play it again and again and again until you're dizzy with the sounds of the Duchess. But without any further ado, I'm going to introduce you to my beautiful guest today. The wonderful Russell T. Davies is coming into the studio to talk to me via Zoom. I think we're going to have an absolutely gorgeous time. Russell, I'm delighted to have you on the show. I am. Pleasure. Hello. Thank you for doing it. You're so gorgeous and I love everything you do because, let's put it this way, I won't even say you're award winning because there's no point in saying that because the true skill of the show is what you've done. Queerest folk, years and years, children's ward, (laughs) one of my faves, Doctor Who. They're all found a place in the nation's heart, aren't they? I hope so. That's a nice thing to say. Um, well, it's true. Thank you. Thank you, Diane. I appreciate that. Yes. A lot of, a lot of good people working very hard on those shows, and I'm glad they're remembered. I know, but it comes from your pen, doesn't it? It does. Uh, this room. This room, actually, this is uh, literally in my office where I've sat and typed everything from Queerest Folk onwards. I've in this house for over 20 years, so, yeah, right here. I'll explain to the people at home what it looks like, because it's absolutely gorgeous. There's more books than you can shake a stick at. <laughs> I mean, I can't read some of them in the back there. There's... Filth in there, filth. Oh, my goodness me. I couldn't say that on live TV. 
Look away, Dad. Look away. Even though this ain't, it's a podcast. Not that I know what that is. I only found out the other day what it was. I was wondering, yeah. looking at all your bits and bobs over, because I've been in quarantine, I'm sure you have too. How are you coping with all of that? What's your, <laughs> yeah. what's your routine? You got anything good going on? Um, I'm all right. I've had, I've had kind of work to see me through the quarantine. A month before we finished, uh, a month before the lockdown, we finished filming on a new series. It's like a big plug now called Boys for Channel 4, which is about AIDS in the 1980s. And um, so we've been, it is amazing. Once you're in post-production, not a human hand needs to touch the things. So we've been all online like this on Zoom and all these different bits of software. We've been editing and now we're dubbing. We're grading the picture this afternoon. So, so it's kind of like all systems go. Are you happy with it? Oh, I Dan, I love it. I'm very. What channel is it coming out on? Channel Four. Um, Good choice. You've always been with Channel Four, aren't you? It's your favourite channel. I, it's well, it's the risky channel. When I say that, I think BBC One over the past lockdown has been transmitting the most risky stuff I've ever seen in my life. I think we're living in a little golden age of drama in this lockdown. Oh, go on, like what? I, like, I may destroy you. Have you watched that? Oh my God, I That's, adore it. It's astonishing, though, isn't it? I can't it, relax it, when I'm watching it. It's too good. Oh no! Well, no, it can't relax anyway. It's too real. It's too, I mean, it's literally kicking every writer and producer and director up the arse and taking us into new places. I just I think it's absolutely. But even then, like Talking Heads last night, that was that took us somewhere new. That Windrush drama. Well, um, oh, it's kicking off on the BBC. I'll give them that. They know their place, and I adore them for that. Well, of course, they was the one that put on your years and years, that beautiful show. I have to say, and I don't want to offend you, Russell, when I say this, but are you a witch? <laughs> you are a bit of a witch, aren't you? I am. That... I've got to say, if that programme went out a year later, I would be burned as a witch in a public square, fortunately, with no one watching, because oh. I would be distanced. But uh... No, babe, I'll be holding the match. <laughs> Always ready for the match. <laughs> what was the... But when you were writing it, were you, like, projecting? I don't get it. Like, would, you know what? I was only using common sense and looking at how mad the world is. The truth is, you can never guess how mad the world is going to be. Who could ever have guessed that President Trump would be brought down and publicly shamed by TikTok users faking all his ticket sales? I couldn't predict that. No one could have invented that in a million years. Real life will always now do. And I think that's such a glorious thing that happened. And I just hope they keep going. And, and I know not all TikTok users are young. And it's lots of people. Well, I ain't on it. I'll tell you that for nothing. No, no, I'm banned. Gives me a migraine. You're banned. <laughs> I'm banned. I did, did imagine me doing terrible things. I could see you doing a nice little dance to Ariara Grande or someone like that. Do you know what I mean? It's a shame. We're a podcast. We should be envisioned. I could do that. No, don't worry. They'll give us a TV show. <laughs> Can't keep me without a face for long. I'll tell you that for nothing. <laughs> Good. I'm relaxing. I'll give them that. But <laughs> but in the show, basically, one of them becomes a bit of a computer or something, don't you? She becomes half a computer. Transhuman, yes. Now, when you're doing all this research, do you actually look into the science? I did. It kind of comes the other way around. I was looking into the science, and that led to the to the show. Really, um, you know, I'm not a scientist, mm. but I get the new scientists every week. I read that, and I kind to stay on top of stuff. And anyway, if you look at the way we're all integrating with technology, look at us all never putting our phones down. Um, you don't need to be an expert to predict that some sort of melding is going on there, that that's the future, that we're a step away from having a little chip in our heads, as opposed to some chips in our mouths, which would be very nice. Well, it's funny you should say that, because when I was in prison, <laughs> a woman about three doors down, she was from Catford. I think her name was Teresa. I can't remember. Yeah. But one night she got put upon by the screws. Quite late at night, she weren't expecting it. But she had a memory stick with a bit of a porno on it. Oh. But she swallowed it to hide it. Oh. That night, she swears to God, in her dreams, <laughs> she had a menage a trois with a caveman and a plumber. 
<laughs> I've seen that one. She didn't go to the toilet for a month. <laughs> then she was charging £15 to swallow. It's a whole new form of live streaming. Oh, my God. Within two weeks, there weren't no plastic left on it. It was just metal. I want to go and swallow a memory stick now. This is bad for public health. Oh, don't worry. I'll be selling them on my website from Thursday. Lovely. Lovely. Put me down. <laughs> now, Russell, I think it's safe to say that with your show, Queer as Folk, you made gay prime time. Uh, me and a lot of other people, but thank you. I'd like to, I'd like to be part of that. Thank you. Yeah. But do you know what I was thinking? that Because it was so... Well, I mean, ain't nothing was like it ever on TV, was it, to be fair? Nothing like that had ever been on TV. I'm just curious, like, the night it was on and you was all sat at home with it about to go on. Yeah. What must that have felt like? Because you was, it was, it was so big and it meant so much to so many people. I can't even imagine the excitement, but the trepidation and, and fear, because mm. it was a scary thing what you was putting on. That's interesting. Now, um, yeah, I suppose. What did I do? I just sat and watched it. To be honest, it, it kind of wasn't prime time at first. You've got to remember, Channel 4 promised it would go out to 10 o'clock. Then they got cold feet and they went out at 10.30. So I kind of sat at home that night thinking, it felt like a stumble. It felt like we'd failed. I mean, who, I mean, in those days, now there's barely ever a drama at 10.30. Well, look, there's I May Destroy going at 10.45. But it's very rare to go out at that time. And then it didn't exist at all. I remember sitting there and thinking, well, no one's watching this. Are they? Um, yeah, because you weren't no social media, was there? Nothing like that. It was just you. No, there was not. You couldn't look on Twitter to see if anyone watched it. So it was kind of, did I get a phone call? Did anyone phone me? I don't think they did. They still don't, to be honest. Um, I never hear from people when things go out. Um, so, um, uh, for all that, I was very proud of it. I loved it, and um, and I was glad it existed. That's not the greatest story I could ever tell, is it? I loved it. To be honest, I adored it. I mean, you're a gorgeous accent. I could listen to it all day. It's like a radox. No, it's like a radox bath. I love a bit of the Welsh. Thank you. The reason I say it is because, as well, it, it meant so much to people to see themselves on the screen for the first time. So you must have people coming up to you and saying, you know, that. Well, it was a big thing for them because before that, they'd never been seen on TV before. Not as openly and as honest as that. But to be honest, Diane, it was equal amounts. And to this day, it's still the same. You get people saying, people are lovely and say thank you. You get, guess what? You get people complaining, saying that's not, and I mean, I don't mean a straight audience. I mean, uh, gay people saying that's not me. You're not representing me. And that's a very tricky subject, that, because um, you're not there to represent. Actually, 20 year, 21 years after Quiver's Folk, I can now kind of lift my head up and I'm old and grey and I don't care so much anymore. I can lift my head up and say, actually, it's a pin-sharp representation of gay men. It is so accurate. It stings. Uh, at the time, I had to sit there saying, it's not about representation and I'm sorry if you're not on screen, but blah, 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 and all that stuff. Rubbish. It is like the most accurate picture of 1999 on Canal Street. You can imagine. And, and it is us. Well, you were seeing it firsthand. Weren't you? Well, yes, I love, and I love that street. I, I always count myself very lucky, Dan. Uh, I was the first person to, to make a drama out of it. If you, if you think about it, there was a street full of music and light and smoke and people escaping their lives to go and sit and dance in, in the spotlights and the heat rising off them and they could be themselves before going back to be 
clerks or teachers or unemployed or sons or husbands uh, in an extraordinary place. And I used to sit and watch it and think, I stand at the rail and cruise one-on-one and Rockies and watch everyone dancing. And I loved it. And I got to put it on screen. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can honestly consider myself lucky that I got in first. I've got a confession. Yeah. You'd often find me in Rockies with the Dooleys. Rockies, really? Pint of Dooleys, me at the bar. Lovely. They love me in there. Oh, my God, I love Rockies. I've still got a golden chair in there. If I go in, I can have what I want for free. They do lovely chicken wings. Oh, I saw Hazel Dean in Rockies. I saw them all. All of them. Amazing. Yeah, they were good times. They were good times back then. But I've not been in a while. I've been in quarantine. It's been difficult. Well, for like 20 years, you've been in quarantine. Well, you could say that, yeah, because I was in prison. (laughs) I'm trying to write my memoirs at the minute. I have been for the past 30 years. But the... um, I don't know how you sit in one place the whole time. I was thinking of trying to get some Ritalin so I could sit in the same place because I'm all over the place. I'm such a fidget. How do you cope sitting there and doing it? Well, it's just I find it easy. That's why I do the job that I do because I'm lazy. I think I can just sit here all day and go, I'm working, I'm working, darling. Leave me alone. And then just go to the fridge and back, really. <laughs> it's not an exciting life. Is it just you in that house, Russell? It is. It's just me. Yes, yes, yes. My husband died about 18 months ago, so it's just me now. Oh, my Bless babe. him. I know. He was lovely. He was properly lovely. You'd have liked him, Diane. You'd have got on. Oh, I bet. Yeah. We'd have had a whale of a time. <laughs> We'd have probably been down Rockies or whatever it is in... Probably. I'm a, yes, I'd probably yes, even yes. met him. <laughs> we probably had a little dance. I'd have probably shared one of my chicken wings with him. It is amazing. We both went out on, on Canal Street for 10 years without ever bumping into each other. I never even saw it. Isn't that strange? It's not that, that big, Canal Street. And 10 years on the same street, never saw him the night I saw him. 1999, 1998, bang, that was it. Amazing. But we spent 10 years walking past each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny. What was his name? Andrew. Andrew Smith. Andrew, babe, wherever you are, I hope you're having a gorgeous time. He's probably up there having the time of his life, looking at us having this conversation, thinking, (laughs) do you know what? That would be nice. That's lovely, isn't it? I'd love that. Um, We're sending our love, babe, wherever you are. Thank you, Diane. Now, one thing I will say is that all of the shows you do make always about I think community in a way. Do you know what I mean? Whether it's a community that's a bit outsiders or whether it's a community that is a family. And this coronavirus and all this malarkey, what's happened, everyone says, oh, you know, like it's made us a bit more distant and further apart. But I kind of feel like if you go out now, everyone's on the streets, you know, it's kind of made us more communal in a strange way. But I feel like do you think we're losing our community in the world? I don't know, because I'm part of the gay community, which is a bit closer than I think than, than, than the straight community. I think we're more aware of ourselves, more aware of our shortcomings and what we lack. And so we make a bit more effort. I'm not painting a gay society as a nirvana, as a perfect space, but but it's a space. It's it's a definition. It defines us, and I like that. Um, I don't know, because I'm from Swansea. I live in a... I, I spent half the year in Manchester, half the year in Swansea, and that's a very friendly little place, Swansea. It's, it's even before the lockdown, you walk past people to say hello. Uh, I mean, maybe it's old-fashioned there, but um, but it's always been there. And I'm back here in Manchester now. This is a nice street. The neighbours say hello. I don't know. I don't think it's as bad as you're making out. No, but the reason okay. I say it, Russell, is this, that when we was in it... So my little club, The Flick, I opened it in Edinburgh last year. I opened a little space called mm. The Flick, reinvented it. It was beautiful in there. We had a gorgeous time. Why is it called The Flick? Oh, because everyone in there had the same haircut. Right. That's important information. If you didn't have that, then that's vital. But I had this gorgeous little trans fella come up to me called um, Marcel in Edinburgh and all the stories 
he was hearing when he was in the club of all the old kind of gay generation that had stories of their suffering and the problems they was going through. And he said, do you know what, Diane? I never, I never heard, heard stories like that before because everything what I see and all the things that I hear all through Instagram posts and Twitter, and they don't make life sound the way we pass it on through the, the queer community that exists now. Do you know what I mean? They see a very shallow representation in some places of our community. And I feel like maybe they lose a bit of those stories, like someone at the end of a bar telling you about the first time, you know, they went into a club and the way they was looked at. And like you, you know, when that young yeah. fellow in your, in your queerest focus stood there and everything's happening around him, you know what I mean? They don't get that. And you can only hear yeah. that when you're hear, hearing it from someone a bit older who's, you know, lived in the queer community and they've seen it change. I feel that's an important thing. Yeah. I think that's true, and I disagree, because I know what you mean. It's like you go on Instagram, and we all are very fond of all the shirtless boys on there, which is kind of superficial. Nothing wrong with a bit of superficiality like that. Oh, babe, I'm in. Like that. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. But also, but it depends where you look. It's like if you go on Instagram, my favourite site on Instagram is the AIDS Memorial site, which every day reduces me to tears. Every, I mean, it, it's a site that posts the stories of people who've passed, mostly people who've passed away from AIDS, and usually on their birthday, usually all, all their death day on the, on the date so you get two or three stories every day my god that's powerful sometimes the stories are so powerful i have to stop it floors me and whatever i'm doing i just have to have a little sit down and a cry because they're so beautifully written sometimes so that's an extraordinary thing online so there are you could, if you look i don't think it's true and in terms of like the trans voices out there and the all different forms of sexuality and gender they're more visible online than they ever were sitting on a bar so yeah, that's I think true. Good point. I, the, the, it is great to sit with the old lags and their pale ales, but um, but but actually, there's good stuff out there. There's really good stuff out so there. So, what's that site again for people at home who want to listen? The the AIDS Memorial, all one word. The AIDS Memorial uh, at the AIDS Memorial. It's wonderful. It's absolutely. We're brilliant. going to post that on our Instagram and all that Twitter and all that, so people can see that because that sounds absolutely gorgeous to remember that, and it's important. Thank you. It is amazing. Yeah. The only reason I say it is because in Banana, I think. The, the show you touched on it a bit about kind of I guess body image in a sense you know and and the inclusivity of that thing and I'll tell you I've I've been online I've been on that grinder oh my god it's like a celebrity squares of the Morrison's meat counter do you know what I mean it makes me starving hungry I want to grab a brioche bun and a bottle of bleeding mustard and have a feast hot mustard hot mustard I agree the I thing know. is as well nowadays is that there's two kind of looks well there's genres don't there because you've got the little ones will all look a bit like a squirrel what's been dipped in Vite or something. <laughs> They've got the Justin Bieber look. Shaved squirrel. Twinks, isn't it? I think it's a twink. <laughs> it's a twink. All that. I love that. All the genres there are these days. I think that's nice. That's gorgeous. I agree with it and I think it's beautiful. Yes. And I love it all. But I worry that they sometimes... Well, but then, actually, you say that as well and then you've got the bears. Yep. You've got the otters. Yep. So it is quite inclusive, isn't it? It is inclusive. What worries me about Grinder, and I do browse Grinder, it asks you to define yourself too much. So you look at it sometimes, someone's 21 and they go, verse top or, or not top dom. And, and you sit there going, I see you're 21, you could be anything. Don't don't define it. it those rigid definitions worry me. Um, and I think once you define yourself, you stick to it. I took, I'm still defining myself. I took 30 years to, to start reaching definitions. And Me too. Yeah. It's, I'll, I'll be honest, I had a little term with a little, I won't say a name for legal reasons, but a little 
gold medalist shot putter. I had a little turn. I enjoyed it. <laughs> the way I see it, sexuality to me is a bit like, you ever had the dim sum? Yes. <laughs> it's a bit like a dim sum menu. Do you know what I mean? You can tick it all. Some people, they're happy with just a prawn cracker. Yeah. That'll do me. I won't eat again for another week. Some people, they want the crispy seaweed. They want the wonton. Mm. They want the soup. Fair game. Have your lot. Some people, they want the whole bleed menu. If I'm out, <laughs> I'm out. That's what they think. I'm going to enjoy myself. Mm. As far as I'm concerned, as long as you pay for your meal. Yes. No, I love it. None of the food's gone off. <laughs> Who am I to care where you stick your chopsticks? Do you know what I'm saying? It, it is a bit like that, don't it? Everyone's so worried about being this or being that. It's like, just relax. I know. It's fair, it's fair enough. You like saying you're 53, I mean, the leather of a bear or something like that. You're fair enough. You know, it's the voice of experience. But when they're 18, 19, 20, 21, just think, calm down. Just just, just, just don't rush to, to, to fit yourselves. The trouble I see the word twinkle, I just think of a Twix. I do love a Twix. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. So, of course, actually talking about all of that malarkey, pride. It's pride. Yes. Oh, yeah, happy pride. Happy pride, darling. What would you be doing now? I would, uh, well, actually, Man no, a little bit of Manchester pride is normally in, in when's it? August, end of August. So I kind of, I save my prides and then I love Manchester pride. And, but I normally, I get asked to do things like, um, I get asked to things, I get asked to raffles or I get asked to do things like this, podcast talk. So, you know, I chip in with the best of them. And um, I mean, to be honest, because I, I'm a gay writer and I write gay scripts and, and I have a certain responsibility for those scripts, I can't Kind of, I kind of have an all year round pride. You know, it doesn't. I don't noticeably get. I don't noticeably get busier in June. Do you know what I mean? It's like all year. Yeah, she bread and butter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I love. You know, normally people say you might be called a gay writer. I'm like, well, I love it. I am. It's what I am, and I'm immensely proud of it. Yeah, brilliant. quite right. But there is a lot of people saying though that, and I feel like this is a quite a big thing at the minute. Is that too many of these? Um, brands that jump on the pride bandwagon they say oh we're pride and we're this and we're that and then where are they the rest of the time do you know what i mean do you know what diane i'm gonna say no 
I don't agree with that. I think on every single board of all those big companies, every Barclays Bank, every big shop in the high street, there's someone on that board saying, let's not do this. We're a family firm. We're a family company. And there are people on those boards fighting, saying, no, we will support Pride. And the day all those companies disappear, that's when we need to worry. Yes, they're jumping on a bandwagon slightly. Don't live in a capitalist society if you want. If you don't want to do that, don't live on a raft. But um, we are capitalists. And if capitalism acts in our favour, I love it. I mean, maybe this comes from years of starvation, where in the 70s or 80s, you'd have died to see a big brand name, a big drink, a big clothes shop, a big sports firm, a big bank, a support Pride. So now I can't get enough of it, to be honest. And I really think it's dangerous when we start to criticize those companies because, all right, push them away, have them go, okay, it's not worth it. We're getting criticized. Bye bye. Gone. And you watch it when they all go. I think it's taking gay rights for granted. And I think it's a very big mistake. You'll miss them when they're gone. Well, that's me told. What am I to say? <laughs> I'm going to sit here quiet. I'm very opinionated about that. The only reason I say it, Russell, is because someone bought me a little while ago some of that LGBTQ plus pride shower gel. Mm. My muffin top, it swelled up like a burrito. <laughs> I was soaking in Dettol for about a month after that. I had so much sugar cream on, I looked like a nice finger. <laughs> oh, nice and slippery, though. And it was, uh, I was slippery. I ain't going to lie, Russell. I was slippery. <laughs> but I ain't going to go into that now. I couldn't lean on a wall for love nor money. I'd shoot out the hall. It was a nightmare. <laughs> I tickled myself there. It's not often. We like, we like, we, we like that. It's the thought of the devil. <laughs> Coming back to one of the biggest and most popular things, what you do, Doctor Who. Yes. Hooray. Now, in the 80s, my era, I oh, had yeah. that, um, what's his name? Tom Baker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your favourite era? Well, I was, I was that age. I was kind of, I was that Tom Baker age. I was, I was 11 when he became the doctor. He literally fitted my, my comprehensive school years. I was 11 in the first year. And when I left the upper six, that was the year he left. So for me, Tom Baker is that growing up. I love it all. I do love all Doctor Who. And I'm not honoured now to say that because I don't work for it anymore. But I genuinely do. I could watch any adventure from any time. But that was the special bit. I mean, when you're 11 through to 18, that's when you stop being as a viewer and a kid. And that's when you start to love it. And that's when you start to buy the merchandise and document it and do lists in your head. So that's when the, that's when the passion becomes fandom, really. And I love fandom. Would you consider going back if it was me, what was the doctor? Oh, I've put Diane. We're there. Oh, come on. What a laugh. I wouldn't have, I'd keep it modern. I probably wouldn't have a screwdriver. I'd probably have a vape or something because that would be ever so modern. Lovely. Yes. Sonic vape. A sonic vape is actually, that's genius. Sonic vape. <laughs> um, it's right in itself here. A sonic vape. I can see that in Toys R Us. It's set a fortune. Every kid in the country going out of their mind on bleeding sonic vapes. And it would stop children smoking. It's actually educational and healthy. <laughs> well, there's no evidence. There's no that evidence that it is actually helpful vapes, but I like it anyway. I've got myself down. I'm going to trade Milky. Trademark that now. Sonic vape. Okay, put them on eBay. Good old Milky. But they was ever so scary, those bleeding things in the 80s. I can't remember what they was called now. There was The BBC owe me money for counselling because I didn't sleep a bleeding wink after most of those oh, right. times. I was behind the chair. Cry me eyes you could out. sue them as well if I've got court cases coming. I'll support you all the way. Oh, I tell you what, I've got more claims directs than a venue. <laughs> Someone help me, Milky, get this on video. I could make a quick buck out of this. It's a nice little income for me. I don't want to lose that. I'd be doomed. <laughs>
the thing is though whenever i felt on my first holiday um when they started doing like cheap travel and all that i went to, i can't remember where it was somewhere and i went snooker diving is that what they call it snookling snooker i went snookling yes and i was under the water and i was looking at all these things these rocks and stuff I thought that is science fiction. Oh, yes. Yeah. I reckon that's where it came from, you know, all that malarkey. Someone having a little dive up, oh, yeah. they see all the coral, and they're like, that's out of space. Yes, the colours on those things. Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo is phantasmagorical, isn't it? It's gorgeous. I've not seen it, but I'll oh, check it out. Diane. Russell, I love you so much. I'm so grateful you came on the show. Let's meet in person. That'd be a laugh. I'd love to oh, meet you. come down the flick when we're doing it in Edinburgh. <laughs> Do you ever go to Edinburgh? Uh, I tend to go to the festival, so obviously that's not on this year. But um, And isn't that the most beautiful city? I love that city. Why is there no big drama series set in Edinburgh? It is so beautiful. Why isn't there like an Inspector Maude? They don't need the money. That's why. <laughs> They're having such a nice time making money out of mugs like us every bleeding summer. They don't need loads of people muggering around, causing a problem. You're right. I went down there this time. Some woman, she started talking to me in the queue. I thought, oh, I'm going to have to speak to her. <laughs> She's like, oh, is that a Muller light in your bag? I was like, yeah, all right, babe, thanks. She was like, what are you up to this afternoon? Oh. I said, well, I'm just getting me Muller yacht. I'm going to go home and eat it. She said, why don't you come to me show? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> it, it was so uncomfortable. I was sat on a church pew. Oh, no. Honestly, my piles were going off like a rocket. <laughs> I was trying to concentrate. In the end, on the way out, I said, you know what, babe? No offence. Yeah. I put an invoice in there. <laughs> I said, I ain't never going to get that time back. You owe me, girl. <laughs> Liza Minnelli's not who she was, is it? <laughs> and it gave me angina because it was bleeding horrible in there. Spores everywhere. I could see them in my eyes. Oh, yeah. It was a nightmare. But that's Edinburgh. You get used to it, don't you? Yes, you do. It is beautiful. I, they've got me a nice little suite in the castle up there where that hogmany happens. I have a soldier visit every 10 minutes. It's beautiful. They bring me a little box of hotel chocolate, which is my favourite. You see, I don't like that stuff. I don't like that stuff so much. Rather about Cadbury's or something. It's that. Well, you'd like a Twix, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Yes. Or if you did have a Cadbury, what would it be? Fruit and nut? Oreo. No, I want to try that that new one, dark, dark milk. I want to try. I keep looking at shops, I can't find it. Dark milk. Ooh, sophisticated. It's a new one. It's milk, but dark. It's dark, but milk. Bourneville for the less risky, I would call it. Yes, exactly. Ooh. Or, yes, a whole new adventure in Bourneville. That's, Bourneville that's for people heading. without indigestion. I hope they're listening. I've got a great big box delivered to my house now. That would be nice. Oh, yeah. Let's do a little... If anyone from Cadbury's listening, yeah. Russell's ever so hungry in Manchester there, it could do with 15 jumbo Toblerones, please. Beautiful. I want to see Desert Island Discs. I mentioned my favourite pen on that. They sent me a big box full of pens. Thank you very much. I'm sitting there thinking, well, why did I mention a holiday to Barbados? What an idiot. Well, I might just do a list now. Um, yeah. Baileys, <laughs> uh, Pringles, Hula Hoops, Radox. Um, the contents page. Vodka, <laughs> Jack Daniels, Flash. Okay, that'll do. Russell, I just want to say thank you for coming on my podcast. I adore you. Please keep writing all these beautiful characters and these beautiful stories that give us hope and excitement and joy. And Well, just thanks, really. I, I adore you. Thank you, darling. I really appreciate that. A lovely time. Thank you, darling. Stay safe. I will, babe. Now, as I said at the top of the show, I was going to tell you a little bit of story about my life and where I come from and, well, how I was inspired to write my beautiful song, The Night, that you'll be able to download at the end of this show. And I tell you, it starts a long, 
long time ago. Growing up in Canvey in the 70s was ever so boring. We played games like Catch the Spit, Pick the Scab and Guess Where Dad Is. When you got older, the only place you could go was the social club attached to the petrochemical factory. We called this place The Flick because every bugger in there had the same bleeding haircut. But I tell you, it was bleeding paradise. Most nights you'd find me in there with me mum. She'd be drenched in Reeve Gauche, losing at the bingo, giving at the disco finger to the Bee Gees or heckling some racist toupee clad comedian with skin like a chicken nugget because every punchline ended with a poof, a bitch or a slapper. And to be honest with you, we were sick of it. Outside, in Canvey, people were starting to get along. It was a new world. They was getting along and laughing and trying hard. But in the flick, everything stayed the same. And that because of a woman called Janet, what ran the place. Now, Janet, she was about five, about five foot tall. She had hair like Rod Stewart. She was always holding a crab stick. She never ate it, just held it. And her fingers absolutely stunk. She kind of woman who always spoke with her eyes half closed. Do you know what I mean? And she was calm. Oh, ever so calm. But inside she was raging. And you could tell because her mouth was ever so tight like a little calamari. She wouldn't let no one in the club if they weren't white or straight. She was ever so bleeding fussy. And it half get on my wick. And I tell you what, it got its worst when I turned 18. And I went down there with all me gorgeous friends. They were from all over the world. There was the gays, the straights, the bilingual. It was beautiful. We walk up to that club. Janet didn't let us in. She said, you ain't coming in tonight, Diane, I'm afraid. Not tonight, no. I said, what, Janet? I'm looking in there. There's no one bleeding in there. She said, not tonight, Diane, that's it. Then, with a big old smirk on her face, she took a deep toke of her beer Till smoke started coming out of her forehead. That night, I sat in the car park of the petrochemical factory with a four-litre bottle of diamond white, and I thought to myself, do you know what, Diane? One day, you're going to buy that club and you're going to open it up to everyone. Everyone will be welcome at the flick. And who'd have thought it, two years later, my little mobile pharmaceutical business started to do ever so well for itself. I had the council flat, stone clad. I had a gorgeous little avocado bathroom suite. I had panthers made of porcelain, white they was, massive, as big as the real bleeding animal. People would queue up to look in me lounge. It was like a museum. Well, I had so much money, I didn't know what to do with it. Then one day, I look in the little evening echo and I see the petrochemical factory's got the flick up for sale. I stormed in there, put a load of cash on the table. I said, I'll make you an offer you can't refuse for that club. And like that, the flick was mine. That night, I crowded up everyone I knew, everyone that had ever been turned away from Janet, everyone she thought was a foreigner, a freak and a weirdo. And we went down to that club like it was Mardi bleeding grass. I kicked open the doors. I stormed in. I said, all right, Janet, babe, how are you? She said, get out of my bleeding club. She almost swallowed her B&H. She was so angry. I said, I'll tell you what, Janet, I think you'll find this is my club now, babe. You work for me. She was livid. She turned round, she stormed out. Then she looked back at us and she said, you bleeding bunch of freaks. You're going to turn this place into a hellhole. I said, bye, Janet, babe. Just so you know, you'll always be welcome at the flick. After that, 
I opened that club up to anybody who wanted to come. All of a sudden, these little kids from all over the place, all over the UK, heard of this place where they was welcome and accepted, no matter what they dressed like or no matter who they loved, and they was welcome. Word got around and it became popular. I gave the place a little bit of a zhuzh up, put a couple of palm trees in as you'd expect. Kept the pale ale on for the old fellas, a little tequila sunrise bar for the kids. And before long, everyone was getting along and it was beautiful in there. These kids, they would run around the place and I loved it. They felt so welcome and happy and for the first time in their lives, they were somewhere where they could truly be themselves. And this song, what we're going to play for you, I wrote that song looking at those beautiful people dancing around my club. Because you know what? Every single one of us live our lives in the day trying to be something. But at the end of the day, some of us just belong to the night. That's it. No round of applause because it ain't live. <laughs> just the dead silence of milky breathing. That was beautiful. Beautiful. Behind picket fences, on cul-de-sac roads, the dampened your spirits for why you just didn't know. And you wore your wife's clothing when she was at church. It made you feel normal when normal life hurts. Then you came in through our door at the flick. You ain't strange anymore Cos some of us belong to the night Disco lights are here to guide you Some of us belong to the night flickers on the 31st floor and the sound of it echoes off the white for Michael Wars and you dream of the weekend tight white denim jeans from Rita the Eater to the disco dancing queen then you Thanks again to my beautiful, gorgeous, wonderful guest, Russell T. Davies. Weren't that absolutely beautiful? You've been listening to the Chatting with Chorley podcast, written and performed by me, Diane Chorley. Da, 
the beautiful music you hear, that's written by myself, Diane Chorley, and the gorgeous Milky. The show is produced by my own personal gorgeous superhero, Chris Jones. This is a hat-trick podcast. The music for the show is available to download immediately after the show's release. Get it in your ears, get it in your eyes. We send in your love wherever you are. We love you. We'll see you next time. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.